Hi, and welcome again to Concepts for Living, Biblical Principles for Contemporary Living. Oh yes, the Word of God is speaking to this day, to this age, to this season. And I trust that you are being enriched and enlightened as week after week we come with another word from the Lord. And even now, I have a fresh word from the Lord. And that word will be under the title, When the Glory Comes. So then, number one, let's note his revelation of his glory. His revelation. Now, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, I mean, what is his glory like? What is the glory of God? Well, what is it? And so Paul now goes deep into the definition, the meaning of it. And it's this. It's the lustrous self-presence of the Almighty. Lustrous in the sense that it is, it is glorious. Okay? You, you might remember there was a point in Exodus chapter 33, verse uh, 18 down to 23, and you'll see that God had called Moses to lead his people. And Moses says to God, now God, I, I, I really don't think I'm able to do this. Uh, you know, I, I, I stutter. I, I, I don't speak plainly. I have a problem in my speech. Uh, but I have a brother. No, no, no. God said, Moses, Moses, Moses. I, 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 I know all about that. I, I, I'm the one who makes man's mouth. I, I'm the one who, 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 you know, gives the ability to speak. So I, I chose you. And God convinces him. Then finally Moses said, okay, God, if you want me to do this, then I'm not going to do it if you don't go with me. And then Moses went further to say, show me your glory. Show me your glory, Lord. And God said, okay. There's a, a rock and a cleft of a rock over here. I want you to get in that rock. And then I will pass before you. And the Bible says, if you read those verses 18 through 23 of Exodus chapter 33, you'll see that God passed before him. But no one was able to look at God, to look into the face of God and live. So God has him, it's all in that passage, God has him now in the rock and, he, and he's getting ready to move uh, uh, before him. And, and as he's getting ready to move, uh, the Bible says that he moved and showed him his hinder part. In other words, all Moses could see was, watch this now, was the back. But God said in his moving, he would be letting his goodness appear. Uh, you didn't get it. God, God, God said, I'm not going to let you see my face, but I will let you see my goodness. I'm going to pass before you. And he did. 
and that was that 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 was sufficient for 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 Moses. From that time, it was no question but that he was going to do God's will. No question that God would be with him all the way. Show me your glory. Not show me your power. Not show me your might. Show me your glory. But if we could ever get to see the glory of God, we'll come in contact with the might and the power of God. And the very presence of God. God is wrapped up in his lustrous glory. And then when the tabernacle was being built, uh, it contained an ark. And the Bible tells me when the tabernacle was built, that the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. The glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Well, how did it fill the tabernacle? Well, in the Holy of Holies, there was a ark, and the ark had on it a mercy seat, which was the lid. And the lid had a cherubim on this side and a cherubim on that side. And in the middle, in between, there was the, a flame burning. And the flame burning was to represent the presence of God Almighty in the tabernacle. Oh my God. There's some wonderful things that God has done to make himself known to us. God is showing up now in fire. When you read Exodus chapter 40, read verse 34, and you're going to see that the lid or the mercy seat between the cherubim was the mercy seat. Cherubim, cherubim, mercy seat. There, there is a place in the house of God that you don't have access to. There is a place in the house of God that is set aside, is sanctified, is separated. And that was the place of the ark of God. Listen to me. And it had on it a mercy seat. And that's why it was so serious, even when it was being moved. No one was permitted to just do whatever they wanted to with it. It was not even supposed to be carried by oxen or by animal, but rather it was supposed to be carried by man. Oh, you're not listening to me. The ark is so representative of our responsibility that we have to carry on God's behalf. And there are some things that you and I cannot touch. And there are some things that you and I have to reverence, even in the house of God. The ark of God was there. The cherubims were there. And the fire was burning. Representative God was in the house. Oh, Lord, have mercy. If we have nothing else, we get pianos and organs and synthesizers and all this kind. But what about the ark? Because the ark represents the presence of God. And the presence of God is a seat of mercy. And so you and I are blessed to hear Paul straightening this out in his revealing of himself as brilliant, flaming light, fire. And so we move from the revelation. God reveals himself. 
God opens up and, and gives us access to him. And we are blessed. That's why it's important for the church to be the church. Because if we are going to be the church, then God will have a place where he can manifest himself and show us his glory. As always, we have three points to this message. Number one, his revelation. Number two, his relevance. And number three, his repetitiousness. Stay tuned. And you're going to see the glory that is promised even in this message. When the glory comes, you're going to see God like you have never seen him before. Stay tuned. And then number two, we see his relevance. God doesn't just show up. He, he, he shows up in relevance. That is, uh, that when God shows up, he comes in relatedness, if you please. He comes to do something showing that he's relating to us. And so when Solomon's temple was being built, and it was a glorious uh, and opulent place, it was beautiful. But, 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 but nothing could happen until God showed up. We can have the most beautiful edifices. We can have the most beautiful uh, facility. But, but if God's not, uh, uh, there, there must be a point where God uh, shows his relevance to what we are doing in his name. And so Solomon built the temple. You know the story. I'm not going to go way back into that. It really was in David, his father's heart, but God would not permit him to build it. He had his son to build it. That's why you got to stay hooked up in your generation. Why? Because if, if it can't be done in that generation, there ought to be another generation. So somebody else ought to be in your family who can pick this thing up and get it done for God. So we got to remember that we have to also be relevant with one another and relate one to the other so that when God gets ready to move in the family, when God gets ready to move in the church, somebody is in position to assume responsibility. So then Solomon is there, and everybody's ready. Well, the work is done, the job is done, thank God. But wait a minute. As they were dedicating it, God showed up. Second Chronicles chapter 7, I'll read to verse 3. Now notice, it says, Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consume the burnt offering and the sacrifice and the, and the, and the, and the glory of the Lord fill the house. And the priest could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord was filling the house with his presence. 
And when, verse 3, it said, And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground. Upon their, but in our pavement, what's this? And worshipped and praised the Lord, saying, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, my. Uh, come on, Pastor. Make it relevant, all right? We can have all the facility. We can have all the beauty. We can have all of the external stuff. We can even uh, go into our pious praying position. Something that we do religiously. Uh, but nothing going to happen from God until he shows up. And when God shows up in the house of God, when God shows up in the house of God, then people will be moved to truly worship. Hallelujah. And they worship by bowing. They saw how privileged they were. Let me say something. And, you know, choir can sing, musicians can play, and all of these things we go on to. But until God comes into the place, we really are not worshiping. We may be impressing one another with our religiosity. We may be impressing one another in one way or another. But in the final analysis, real worship doesn't take place. Until God shows up. When the presence of the Lord is here. Then we can feel like we want to worship and honor and praise and glorify. Even if there are no instruments. Because worship is a matter between you and your God. And they bow and worship at this glorious temple. That was built for God. We can have facilities for God. But never invite God. Into the facility. (laughs) We can go through all that. If God doesn't show up. Then nothing's going to happen of significance. Worship will never be meaningful. Then we will never get to see what God can do. But I thank him because he is the glorious. And that's why I'm giving the the gospel or the good news of this glorious God. And this blessed God. And so now notice this. When the New Testament now, that's Old Testament. But when you start thinking of the New Testament around AD 33... When the church the, uh, was beginning, the infant church uh, was being birthed and inaugurated. Uh, over there in Acts chapter 2, you know the story. Uh, AD 33, it was on the day of Pentecost or Pentecostus, uh, which simply means the 50th or the Passover. Uh, it, it happened on a very strategic day. Uh, It was a day when they did the same old, same old, same old. But this time, 
AD 33, is when something different is happening. Aren't you glad that we can have our routine so mapped out, so so knowledgeable of it, and to the degree that we can anticipate what's going to happen next. We can even tell you what's going to happen next. We're going to sing two songs, we're going to say a little prayer, then we're going to hurry up and get on out of here. But in the final analysis, when God shows up, we have the spontaneity, but we also have the, uh, the, the sense of anticipation that something's going to happen that never happened before. Something is going to come about that never ever occurred before. And that's what happens on the day of Pentecost. They're all there, all together in the upper room. Waiting, expecting, because Jesus told them, go on up there and don't leave. Stay there, carry, and wait, pray. And when they were praying, 120 of them up there in the room, and I'm glad Peter was one of them. He messed up early, but uh, uh, you can be redeemed and you can be back, put back in place and God will anoint you again. I said, God will anoint you again. And God gave Peter the opportunity to show up and he was right there. And then when the day of Pentecost had fully come, on the 50th day, then the Bible says, then there was a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind. Acts chapter 2. Check it out for yourself. And you're going to see that this is the place where God now is entering into the church. Now he's begin. God is taking up his position in the church. And he does it now. Watch this now. Not with the flame of fire. And his almighty brilliance. But what he's doing now is he's chosen the third member of the Godhead. Who is the Holy Ghost. And he brings him forward. He said, now I showed you my glory in the fire. Now I'm going to show you my glory through my spirit. And my spirit is the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is the third member of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit showed up on the day of Pentecost. And when they were stuck in religiosity, stuck in doing the same thing every year annually, when they only looked at it from the standpoint of their Passover out of Egypt in to liberty and freedom, having been emancipated from 400 years of bondage. But no, 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 no. There comes a point. I got to stop here a minute. I got to stop because I want us to understand something. We can go on year after year with the same old, same old, same old, but God will cause you to reach a place where you're going to experience something you've never seen before, something you've never done before. I believe it right there now. 
I believe that in the midst of this coronavirus season, God's getting ready to do something that was never done before. I believe God is putting us through this process only so he can give us a reset. You see, you see, we got off the path and, and, and we should have stayed uh, on the path. The GPS gave us, gave us a direction. Somehow something's gone wrong and we are ending up where we thought we were supposed to end up at. We're not there. And so now we need to, re, we, we need to reset. We need, we need to reset. We need to recalibrate. We need to get a whole new thing going. So I'm so glad for Pentecost. It's more than what a lot of people say it is. Pentecost is really a new season being introduced because all before, all we had was a tabernacle. All we had was a temple. But now we're going to have a church. And the church is the ecclesia. And it's not a building. It's the people who abide in the building. And God wants to do a new thing in your life. Well, I hope by now you're saying like I am saying. Come glory, come. Come Holy Spirit. Come Heavenly Father and show your glory. The Bible says that one day the glory of the Lord will be so prevalent that it's going to fill the whole earth. The whole earth shall be filled with his glory. I thank you for tuning our way and I sincerely trust you've been blessed and enriched and enlightened and even now I want you to know that my sincere desire is that God would bless you and yours. Thank you for viewing Concepts for Living. If you would like a CD, DVD, or download the entire message, go to our website, www.fcogchapel.org. We would like to hear from you. Please send an email for prayer or send a praise report on how God is blessing you through this program. We invite you to join us again for another Concepts for Living.